So don't just read. Read uh, for a couple of days and then apply what you just read. Because otherwise you'll never learn. Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show. I'm Doug Cunnington, and that was Adrian, who is another one of our success stories. So Adrian is a construction worker, and in this interview that I did, I think it was like July of 2018, Adrian had just hit $100 per month, and it was a great milestone for him. We dig into a lot of the details of his site, and before I tell you what we talk about, I do want to mention that I will be doing an update with Adrian sometime soon. And as of January 2019, he's making about $300 a month. So in the interview, we talk about the age of the site and some of the traffic stats. We talk about how he watched a lot of videos on my YouTube channel and made a point that he wanted to be a success story. Of course, we get into Adrian's background. He's originally from Romania. He spent some time in Spain and currently he lives with his family in London. Now, we talk about a few mistakes as well, and you could learn from the mistakes. Now, one cool thing is Adrian does share how he, and it's kind of funny, he does share how he landed a pretty good guest post and then messed up, and he gives you some tips on how to avoid it. We talk about the keyword golden ratio. Adrian gives us his tips for finding KGR terms, and it's actually working out really well. He has most of his posts ranking on the first page at the time of the interview. And another cool part is he was making $100 a month with about 15 pieces of content. Very cool. So we also get into link building and other tactical things. Before I send it over to the interview, there are a lot of other success stories and you could find them at nichesiteproject.com slash success dash stories, or you could just follow the link if you don't want to type all that in. And I'll put a link in the show notes and the description and all that kind of stuff. So you should be able to find it pretty easily, but there are a lot of very recent success stories. A lot of people want to see recent success stories versus something that happened three or four years ago. That said, there are success stories from three or four years ago as well. And you could see recent ones. The thing is, people wonder whether or not, you know, quote, this stuff works now, and it does. Things shift over time, things change, but it works, and there are recent success stories, so you could check them out there. At the end of the episode, we'll go over a couple questions. So we have three questions. They're pretty meaty, so I will... um, probably spend a decent amount of time on those. The first one is from Heidi, and she is trying to figure out how to focus. She has two sites that she's working on, and I will explain her idea and then give my thoughts about it. Second question is from Earl, who sent me an email. Earl is a YouTube subscriber, and he's been watching a lot of uh, KGR, Keyword Golden Ratio videos, and has a specific question about e-commerce type sites and results and what he should think about it. Question number three is from James and James wants to create a livable income with niche sites, but he's worried about being banned from Amazon. So he asked what I think about it and if I have a plan on what to do. So without further ado, let's send it over to the interview with Adrian. Hey, what's up? Doug here. 
and I'm sitting with my friend Adrian. Adrian, how are you doing today? Hey, Doug. Stay, thanks for having me, Doug. It's a really pleasure to be here with you today. I'm really good. Um, really looking forward to um, have a chat with you. Let's hear some results. So you're a student of Five Figure Niche Site, and you enrolled um, in like 2017, um, I think in the October period. Is that right? That's it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. October, yeah. So tell us about some of your recent uh, results as far as revenue and uh, your traffic to your site. Uh, well, um, the site just made the last month um, hundred my first hundred dollars per month. It was hundred and three dollars. Awesome. <laughs> so that was really really nice. Um, and then um, I have I've just checked today the uh, statistics and uh, I have like between sixty and seventy people. Uh, daily coming to the website, which is um, which is really unexpected for me. I didn't believe this is going to work. <laughs> gotcha. That's cool. So if I'm doing the math right, that's about uh, about two thousand people per month or so. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, that's really cool. Congratulations. I know crossing that hundred dollar mark is sort of a milestone, um, although artificial. But congratulations. That's a huge point. Now. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Adrian, you were a viewer on YouTube uh, just leading up to uh, October, right? And I, you told me, yeah. you emailed me, you said, I want to be a success story. And now we're sitting here. So congratulations. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I remember that. Uh, do, you, do you really actually remember that? That's yeah. really nice because um, honestly, when, uh, when, when, when I decide to do something, I, I, I really go full steam. I, I'm really um, committed to to make it a, uh, a success success story. So uh, hopefully it's going this uh, website or maybe another ones that I'm going to make in the future. Um, it's just going to go up and up and up. Cool. Yeah, I definitely remember it. And I think it's amazing that we're, we're sitting here talking. So for people that are in the audience, this is, I mean, this happens, right? So enough of that. Let's hear more about you, Adrian. So where, where are you from? Where do you live? What's your full-time job? Because you still have a full-time job, of course. So let's hear about you personally. Yeah, well, uh, originally I'm from Romania. Um, I left Romania 15 years ago. I lived in Spain for 10 years. And uh, six years ago, I moved to London, which uh, I'm, I'm currently living in London. Um, I'm working in construction industry, I um, subcontract um, liftings, uh, like uh, heavy lifting with cranes and all that stuff. Very, very nice job. I really like it. It's uh, like um, playing with the toys for big boys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for the last uh, year and a half, uh, I, I dedicate myself uh, between 12 hours shift on my cranes, family, um, you know, uh, I dedicate a little bit of time on the uh, website as well, which um, I'm really, really committed to, you know, make it uh, happen for me as well. Very good. And do you remember when you first heard about like affiliate marketing or niche sites or anything like that? (laughs) It was actually a couple of months before I heard about you. Uh, That was, uh, I was just talking with my missus in, uh, you know, those late night talks yeah. <laughs> just before you go to sleep and she said to me we should do something um, you know online because she doesn't want to go back to work she she was uh, pregnant with the baby so then that's when I started to look online uh, about how to make money online and I discovered Alex um, sure. our friend WPA Eagle and 
from him, I saw your first uh, video with you talking about uh, the website that you sold. And that, that just pumped me up so much. Nice. <laughs> I really, I, I really needed to uh, meet you to meet uh, what you were doing and uh, know more about niche sites, uh, which by that time I never heard of niche site. I didn't know what even niche was, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> right. the meaning of niche. Okay, cool. So if I'm doing my math right, that was like about one year ago, you were following uh, our friend Alex Cooper over at WP Eagle. We'll link up to his channel. And then you, I, I, I uh, did a collaboration with him. You found me, watched some yeah. of my stuff. Got it. So that's you're only it, yeah. about a year in. Uh, that's, that's um, yeah, about a year. So yeah. Okay, cool. In June or July last year, that was yeah. June or July. Okay. Last year. Yeah. Wow. That is right about a year. So yeah. did you start a, any sites before um, you started working on five figure niche site with me? Uh, not seriously. Um, I did follow some, some tutorials, um, even some Alex tutorials, but uh, um, just making, just playing around with, you know, with all press and, um, um, creating something but nothing uh, i didn't know what i was doing right basically okay so that's why when when i found out about you i said i need something more because i'm a very methodic guy so i need something to be you know i need to follow some steps exactly. so that that's 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 what i liked uh, when when uh, when i heard about you and then i started to follow up um, to follow you on youtube um, that's what i liked about what you're doing cool Okay. Because you have you have a plan, basically. Right. And I, I was going to say, I know a lot of people, they have all this information, right? You studied a lot. You you knew you yeah. wanted to pursue it. But there's like a thousand things that you could do. And you needed the framework to guide you through it exactly. with a blueprint. And so you know exactly. that you're not wasting your time. Okay. Very good. Um, all right. So let's get into the nitty gritty and talk about, you know, content and link building and all the good stuff, all the gory details. So from a content standpoint, did you have a specific approach that, you know, helps attract traffic to help you, you know, format and all that stuff? What's your approach with content? Um, on the content, uh, I have, I obviously use a lot, uh, the KGR, um, system that you have. So, um, uh, mo most of my posts are actually ranking on page one because of uh, the KGR. So <clears throat> then um, in, when it comes to the content, I have sometimes I, I, I hire someone to make uh, research for what I need. And then uh, I, I take over the article and edit it and uh, make everything nice. And what I give Google what they love to see. Um you know, nice formats, um, not, you don't need to have um, block of text, uh, I add media, YouTube videos, um, the keywords that I need, you know, at the beginning, somewhere in the title, something the, somewhere at the end. Um, basically, I follow um, a, a very step-by-step -step process as well <laughs> when, I, when I create every single article. I'm very, very methodical about this as well. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And for the, you know, you mentioned the 
the KGR, which is the keyword golden ratio for people that are not familiar. Again, I could link for more information on that stuff. So um, when you are publishing one of those articles, how many times do you use the like the long phrase, the keyword throughout your, mm -hmm. your post? How often do you use it? I don't use it more than uh, three times. I do it once on my H, uh, H1 tag. Uh, I do it uh, somewhere. Uh, if the, if it makes sense, I use it on the first paragraph. I don't want to force it as well because then it will look forced and people yeah. will, will. I don't like it personally, so uh, I guess people doesn't like it either. Right. So um, once in the H1, once in the first paragraph, if I have uh, the chance, then um, I try to use use it again on another H tag down the line. Okay. Um, and then another another time at the at the end of the article. Cool. Okay, that sounds good. I was going to say I usually only use it like twice, and mm -hmm. it's been it's good to hear you you know confirm uh, you know my what what I believe too. But a lot of people use like an SEO plugin like the Yoast plugin, and they may use like oh. a very long phrase like what's the best ballpoint pen for bullet journaling for a college student? Yeah. And they use it like yeah. eight times eight and it times. sounds really weird. And, you know, people may not like it, but even worse, Google doesn't like it. So people will never even be able to like, no one will ever find it. So exactly. don't listen to Yoast is uh, the <laughs> guiding, <laughs> the guiding uh, principle here. Don't listen to Yoast if you're doing like KGR research. All right. So as far as like, keyword research you know obviously you're using the keyword golden ratio you're applying the formula do you have any tips for people like trying to find keywords especially like beginners who maybe don't they're having trouble finding any kgr terms so what tips do you have um well uh, i i'm assuming that if you're a beginner uh, you're not gonna have like paid tools so um um what I use a lot, what I used to use a lot, it's the um, uh, suggest. And um, even even if if when you put a, a keyword that you need to find in suggest, even they give you the whole keywords that they find uh, for that. Uh, you need to waste. Uh, it's not wasting time, but you need to uh, go and you know check every single one, and um, and. Um, do do the do your maths. Unfortunately, the KGR it works because there's no machine that can do it. So um, you need you need to you need to uh, dedicate a, a full day, maybe you know when when before you go and uh, make uh, let's say a list of five posts that you want to uh, write about. Just dedicate a full day. That's what I do. I dedicate a full day just. Um, Doing research on Uber suggest uh, I use I used to do uh, I used to use a lot as well the um, Google Keyword Planner. Um, even though it doesn't give you the right uh, loc locally monthly searches, uh, it's good for you to uh, get ideas from. Cool. And um, another good thing that I, another good idea for you to pick up some uh, some uh, easy to find uh, KGR terms is to go down in the um, uh, uh, how, how they call it? Related um, searches. Exactly. Yeah, the related searches, and then you find um, really, really nice uh, terms. Sure. 
And I think a lot of times, I mean, you're, you're, you know, we're going over the coursework basically here for five figure niche site, which is fine. <laughs> but basically at that point, it's like you start with some seed keyword that maybe you found on Uber suggest. Right. And then, or yeah. maybe you got an idea from the keyword planner. Right. And then you mm-hmm. could hop over, search it in Google and then see the related searches, which tell you, you know, just other obviously related searches. Yeah. Um, Auto suggest is really good as well. Uh, right along the same, you know, thought process too. Okay, cool. Really good yeah. tips. And actually, let's go back. Do you remember? Like, was it pretty tough to find keyword golden ratio terms when you first got started? No, you wasn't. No, um, you just got it. Yeah, I just got it. I mean, All right. um, I pro- I probably didn't understood the whole process, the whole idea about the KGR, but I did understand that you need to find, let's say you need to find um, a, a, a forward keyword uh, that has, let's say, uh, 20 local monthly searches, and then you just need to put your all-in title, call-in, and uh, the keyword that you, you are um, searching for, and that's it. If that's less, uh, if that, uh, uh, the, uh, how was it? The LMS divided by the all in title. Other way. Uh, the other way around. Yeah. It's uh, less than uh, 0.25. Then there you go. You have a keyword uh, that you can use for, for your website. Yes. Got it. Okay. Very good. Now let's shift gears over to like link building and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I know you and I actually had a coaching session um, a few months back to just sort of like help you jumpstart that process. So can you tell us about your approach with link building and, you know, how much link building you've actually done over the the past nine months or so? You know, I've uh, I've uh, I've heard you talking about the uh, Grand Cardone's book as well, 10x. And um, it's it's all about massive action. So that's what I did. When, when we when we got to the part of the uh, course where we're talking about the link building, I just went again with everything that I had, and I made in maybe two weeks. I made hundreds of blog commenting, uh, in like hundreds of blogs. Right. <laughs> and um, but but then I I needed to shift a little bit. I need to learn the about the uh, guest posting process. And um, it was really tough. It's uh, it was really tough because of the fear that we all have of being rejected, I guess. So, um, but then I realized that as soon as I started to send a few emails, and uh, actually I was lucky that the people answered me back, saying uh, either Adrian, um, at the moment I'm not interested, or Adrian, at the moment uh, we don't accept any guest posts. I was the more I, I was getting rejected, the more I was getting more, uh, the more I was, um, the more I was, uh, I was getting more confident. I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> right. It you got used to like hearing that. In in, in fact, yeah. I think when we met, I think I was like, ninety percent of the people are going to reject you. Some yeah. of them are going to be really rude about it too. By the way, but yeah. you got over it. So the more you tried, you just you got better at it, right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And um, then I, I don't have too many guest posts out there, to be honest, because uh, I have um, 
so I have about 15 posts on my blog right now, and uh, 14 of them are on page one, okay. without any link building. So, did you um, say 15 total and 14 are on page one? Four, yeah. Wow. Um, so it's it's really um, amazing that I didn't need uh, KGR or oh, sorry link building uh, as of guest posting to rank those articles. But I really want to go, um, I really wanted to learn how to do it. And actually, I, I got someone on, uh, on a big blog to, um, to accept a, a guest post, and it went very well. Awesome. I have two guest posts. <laughs> very good. And I think like, um, well, the other thing to mention, and maybe I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but I know you worked really hard on the site for like the first, say, four or five months and then life got busy for you. Right. Like, uh, yeah, definitely. So uh, like I imagine, you know, you took that massive action. You started laying the groundwork to get guest posts. You got two, which is mm -hmm. good. That's great. Yeah. And then, you know, you've had to put a pause on that a little bit. Right. So do you think you could have done more if you were able to, you know, just have more time to dedicate to it? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I believe that guest posting, um, guest posting, it 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 works, but at the same time, it's such a long, uh, it's it's such a um, um, time uh, consume, time consuming, uh, you know, process. Because you need to find the blogs, you need to build a relationship with these guys, and then after maybe two months of you know uh, changing uh, comments and all that. You say, uh, hey, uh, Doug, do you want to, um, you know, would you accept a guest post? And so the guy would say, oh, yeah, sorry, but Adrian, but I don't, <laughs> I don't accept any guest posts or anything like that. But um, I'm sure it's, I, I, I mean, I'm, I see in this uh, business that you are, you know, internet marketing. I see how you guys work together, you know, and uh, the networking that you do and all that. And it works. It works. So I, I really... If if I had more time, I would definitely go and do more, um, you know, outreach. Definitely. Sure. And I think, I mean, to that end, right? I mean, that proves the value of like those links, right? So they're so hard to get. You have to put time into it, and people yeah. generally don't like it because you know just to take the steps, like you talked about, just to get get the sort of uh, courage to send out those emails to get the rejections. And then, you know, what happens sometimes is you may send them a guest post and then they never publish it. So here you've invested all this time and then it just doesn't work. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know that that, that happened to me um, a couple of months ago where it was a little bit my mistake as well, but um we get to to that part when uh, when uh, maybe you want me to share some mistakes. <laughs> that that's I've a done. good. That's a good transition. So, what mistakes have you made that uh, maybe we can learn from your mistakes, and hopefully you won't make them again? But yeah, let's hear some of your mistakes that you've made. I I tell you two of them. Um, I made two mistakes that I recall. Um, one was at the beginning when um, when when I was so eager to start with everything. So I, I needed to have my, I wanted to have everything ready. And um, I haven't done the uh, uh, competition research 
uh, or competition analysis properly. So once um, I just went and I said, you know what, I just, I'm going to talk about something that I know around the, my uh, construction site, for example. So I took that item, I took that a tool that, I, that, that we use on site, and I said, I'm going to talk about this. And then my surprise was that when I went and checked my sites and checked my uh, ranks and uh, competition and everything, I said, oh, my goodness. I have competitors. My competitors are like the sweet home, the wire cutter, and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So I, I, that, was, that was my first mistake, not uh, uh, take the time, the proper time to make the, uh, the uh, competition analysis. Got it. Okay. And I think... Well, I mean, obviously, that is a really important thing to, to check yeah, out. But definitely, yeah. interesting thing, right? Like you were able to overcome it through the keyword golden ratio. And in another interview um, that will come out uh, around the same time period, I talked to mm -hmm. Graham, who's another student, and he also was able to take an existing site where he didn't do the proper competition research and was able to, you know, turn it into like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a month over the course of a few months, KGR articles. All right. So that's wow, how that's amazing. It was that's amazing, so, yeah. All right. So that was the first mistake, not doing enough competition research. Uh what's yeah. the other one? The the second mistake that I um that I remember really well because it was a little bit embarrassing as well. It was that um uh, I was I was exchanging emails with the blogger. He was having he his site is quite big, and um, and um, he accepted a guest post. So what I did, I went and I uh, made a very beautiful article for him. I sent it to him, and uh, just five minutes later, I said, "Adrian, I so love it. I want it. So um, job done." I said, "Okay, happy days. I made the, I made a guest post, but." Another five minutes later, he sent me an email back again saying that uh, it was full of mistakes, full of errors, grammar errors. And that, that was because I didn't have this um, Grammarly uh, uh, program installed on my, com on my computer. So um, as well, the mistake was that I didn't went through, um, through uh, the, the article and read it again. Because I was so excited, so pumped up that, oh my God, I have an article on this uh, big blog and it was, it was going to be so nice. And uh, he said, it's going to be so much work for me that I, I really don't want to spend the time and, um, you know, yeah. rearrange it or, oh, man. so that was, yeah, that was devastating. <laughs> man, that's a rough one. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I've been... We'll, we'll link up Grammarly. I've been testing it out, um, like the premium version here recently. And basically, it's a it's a Chrome plugin that works within WordPress. It also has native um, applications for Mac, I think Windows, and it'll check like your Gmail um, as you're typing. It'll check comments within YouTube as you're commenting on YouTube. Yeah. And real, I mean, I had, I've used it and I've used the premium version a couple years ago, but it was a little buggy. I had some issues with it while I was using it. However, I've been using it for the last month or so and it's awesome. Like I've, I'm it's finding really good. all sorts yeah. of mistakes. So do you use the premium version? No, it's the free one. It's the free one. And it's really good um, for what it, for what it does. I mean, uh, I'm, my English is not my first language, and um, um, obviously I have 
mistakes where I need to put instead of on, I put in and vice versa or, you know, any, any kind of those sure. silly mistakes. Right. And it, it catches, I mean, just the free version, everyone, it will catch those mistakes. And I actually make a lot of just typing errors. And so you'll end up with, you know, missed commas or commas where you don't need them. Or maybe yeah. I, one of my mistakes, I'll type in um, you instead of your. So, and it's just, it's a correct word. So when I just skim it, it doesn't pop up, but Grammarly will catch it. Now, if you want the premium version, it checks like even more for you. And you could also do a, like a check uh, for plagiarism as well. So if that's a concern for people, you can pay. I mean, it's not, I think it's like a hundred bucks a year, 120 bucks a year. So it's a, I mean, it's cheaper than an editor, like hundred percent. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so Definitely. anyway, we'll link up to that. And I'm just excited about Grammarly because I liked it before, but it just wasn't uh, robust and it, it was buggy. But now worked great. So yeah. cool. So your two mistakes were, um, you know, you got to proofread. You always got to proofread your stuff before you send it out or yeah. use Grammarly and, and don't get too excited. So, um, well, it's good that you, you know, you learned from it, so now you know. You got to send your best stuff as your guest post, right? Definitely, yes, yes. I mean, I, what I did after after that, I just took the article and put it on my blog anyway. So okay. it's a it's a really good article. It's it's um it's a how to do uh, something a process, and um, it's it's um I believe it's ranking somewhere on the on somewhere on the second page somewhere. Gotcha. Cool. On Google. Very good. So it wasn't a total waste, but I'm sure your no, ego hurt a little bit for a couple of days. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. So let's shift gears again and talk about the impact to your life. So I know it's, you know, $100 in the last month is not enough for you to quit your job, unfortunately. But how has it impacted your life? Um, well, first of all, I made uh, my wife stop laughing because <laughs> she she said uh, she said this is not gonna work this is just a joke so right. so um, obviously now she believes in me and um, she's very excited because um, what 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 this does it's uh, I remember like it was yesterday you talking about uh, when we started the training or before when you when I was listening to you on YouTube is like when you start doing this stuff. It's going to take you from here to there, maybe from affiliate marketing to SEO. You're going to get in love of the SEO or then you're going to do something else. And so many ideas pops up in my in my head. I mean, we talked about this uh, as well on, on, a, on a chat session as well, on a coach session. And this is going to change my life in a way that um, now with my wife, we, we, we're making um, our own product. So... We have um, um, we waiting from uh, for the uh, people that work for us in Brazil to send us the um, our products, and um, mm. we're gonna make uh, an e-commerce site as well, so we can sell it. And then we try Amazon. Maybe we're gonna try some Amazon FBA, sure. you know. So cool. um, hopefully, this is going to change my life, you know, in in uh, in year or two years time. Um, cause that, that's what I, hopefully the people who are watching this video, 
uh, they're not going to think that this is, uh, you know, uh, get overnight, uh, get rich overnight thing. You know, it, it takes a lot of time and dedication and, you know, but it is going to happen if, if you really want it badly, like I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to happen uh, sooner or later. Very cool. That's awesome about the, the product um, and, you know, branching out. And yeah. for the people who, you know, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about what you're talking about. So basically, let's say you, you have a full-time job and you're, you're doing that. You know, maybe you're even yeah. learning a few new things and it's kind of interesting. But like once you start doing something totally different, for example, like working on a niche site where you figure out, oh, I can make money online working like on my own terms and there's no like uh, company or corporation that you're working for other than say like Amazon, for example, but um, there, there's no one that you're reporting to and you could sort of like design your own situation, however you want to. And then once you get there, right, you learn a bunch of skills and you have a different view of like your whole life. Exactly. Right? You have a bunch of different opportunities. Yeah. So as you mentioned, you learn SEO, you're learning about content, you learn how to hire people, you learn how to get traffic to your website, you learn how to do outreach. And any one of those things could be a full-time job. You could set up an SEO agency. You can make probably you know, multi six figures doing guest posting services, because as you see, it's pretty hard. And if you could do that for a corporation or a company e-commerce site that needs like blog content and they have revenue to invest in outreach, well, then you can do that. Right. So any one of these individual things you can get into or like the whole WordPress ecosystem. Right. So you recent, I mean, it was only a year ago when you learned about WordPress, right? Yeah. Yeah, never, never, never used it before. Yeah. And now you could like set up a website for someone that'll look pretty darn good. And, you know, that could be a full time job for someone, too. So the point is, once you start taking action, um, you'll have a different view um, to be able to take advantage of like uh, potential opportunities, whatever you want them to be like. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's really amazing because, um, it, you know, it's, it really opens your mind to what are the opportunities, what are the things that are out there. I mean, when, now that I know the things that I know, I, I, I say to myself, where I, where, what I, uh, uh, what I was in the last 20 years, right. what I, what I, what I, I was doing, what I was doing in the last 15 years, <laughs> you know, why didn't it start earlier? You know? Yeah, that that's it's, right. It's amazing. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I think the same thing. Um, but at least we we found it because I know some of my friends. Yeah. Like they they still. I mean, they're just they're stuck because they have yeah, a mortgage yeah. and a bunch of cars and stuff. So anyway, we're going off on a tangent. So we'll we'll reel <laughs> it back in now. Adrian, you've been in this for about a year. You're seeing some mm-hmm. uh, you know the start of success. It looks like you're you're growing. For people that haven't started or maybe they've just gotten started, what tips do you have for them to help sort of replicate the success that you've seen? Well, uh, one thing that I that makes more difference, uh, the most difference in, in, in this is that you need to uh, you need to take action. Definitely, because what it is, you, you see many people, and I, I've seen this in my in my in my last two weeks, three weeks, talking with uh, friends at work, and they say, "Oh, uh, this and that." You need to stop reading, and you need to do something about that. 
you know? So don't just read. Read uh, for a couple of days and then apply what you just read. Because otherwise you'll never learn. Right. You, you're not going to do it. That's that's one of the things that I... Um, that I um, uh, you know, that's how I feel uh, productive. And sure. uh, that's why I believe I have uh, my little success here. And uh, another thing that I recommend to everyone to do, it's uh, get an agenda or diary or get yourself a whiteboard at home somewhere. I have one in my kitchen here. And start planning your, your day, your week, your month, your year. Because, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you understand me because you're a project manager. So, <laughs> uh, but having, having to put your, your, actually your tasks on paper or on the whiteboard somewhere that makes you psychologically somehow you need to, you need to, um, you need to do them, you know? And, uh, that's, that's, uh, I believe, um, it will be, uh, another good advice. Nice. Totally agree on uh, both points. Of course, planning ahead, setting goals, like, yeah, 100, 100% on that. And then one thing I just want to emphasize again, you know, you mentioned taking action over trying to learn more. We are bombarded with so much information. You probably, if you're watching this, you probably have enough information to take some action. I appreciate, uh, we both appreciate you watching us uh, till the end here. But definitely. A lot of times you have, you know what you need to do and the nuances don't matter yet, right? If, if you're trying to learn like the details of uh, something like uh, outreach, right? The outreach uh, stuff that you were talking about, Adrian, like yeah. you probably know enough. You won't learn like the nuances until you get out there and get your hands dirty and that sort of thing. Now, you know, at some point, I re actually, I remember another set of emails we exchanged, Adrian, this is going way back. I have a good memory for emails, I guess. But <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you, were, you were reading um, some other blogs while you were working on the course. And I had to remind you. I said, stop reading other stuff, right? Do you remember this? <laughs> Actually, I did that. And uh, I went uh, one day uh, to a little session on Alex's blog, <laughs> on Alex's YouTube channel. And I said, oh, my God, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We won't we won't tell Alex, but you needed yeah. the time. Like, seriously, like there because there's so many possibilities for like all yeah. the opportunities you can go after. And yeah. sometimes like, you know what you need to know, just do anything and then you can come back and learn later. Now, I'm a proponent for learning, of course. However, um just in time learning is something, you know, that came up in my corporate career a lot. So let's say, you know, you want to learn how to do better copywriting, right? But there's no point in you learning it until like just before you need it. So if you read exactly. a whole book on copywriting, Adrian, you don't need copywriting for another year. That's kind of a yeah. waste, right? Like, so just, yeah. anyway, I'm glad I reeled you back in back, uh, <laughs> back, back then, but oh, yeah. there's just so much information and I'm guilty too. And a lot of times, um, a lot of times you just end up down a rabbit hole where you read more and more and you're like, do I need to do that? When exactly. in fact you probably don't, most things you don't need to do yet. So, okay. Excellent point, Adrian. All right. There's, there's one more thing that I believe yeah. that you, you just mentioned it and, uh, uh, I do remember when 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 we start the training, you you tell all your students that it's like when you go to a movie, you need to shut off your phones, 
<laughs> or put it on a silence. Uh, you need to, you need to, um, you, if you guys are watching this, you need to decide for just one guru out there and go with it. Just, if you go with Doug, just ignore everyone else. If you go with um, Dom or if you go with um, other big guys out there, just go with them. Don't, uh, don't listen to many, uh, you know, people because then you're going to go mad and you're not going to do anything right there's just too much there's just too much. it's a lot it's a lot all right so excellent this is uh, great you've dropped some awesome wisdom adrian thanks for joining us today and you, you don't have any platform out there so the best way for people to you know catch up with you sometimes you're on a youtube live stream and you're in yeah. the five-figure niche site facebook group but you keep a low profile because you're a busy man you're a family man right Definitely yes, yes. Uh, if if you guys want to find me and chat uh, a little bit about this, uh, just join Doug's course and um, we can uh, catch up a lot in on the Facebook uh, group where we actually help each other. We you know with a lot of stuff yes. in uh, this area. Awesome. Thanks again, Adrian. Uh, just a pleasure to talk to you, and hopefully we'll get an update in a few months when uh, you have more going on. Definitely. <laughs> it was right. a pleasure uh, to talk to you, Doug, and um, uh, hopefully next time uh, is not going to be uh, a small success. It's going to be a huge one. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks. Bye. I really appreciate Adrian taking time to talk with us and look forward to his uh, updated interview sometime in the near future. Now, Adrian uh, really gave great props to the Five Figure Niche Site course, which is my course. And hey, that's part of the reason I asked him to be on the show. The thing is, even if you're not in the course, you can get access to tons of awesome free materials, templates, sort of the uh, phases and the framework and all that stuff. So if you do check out the show notes over at doug.show or if you go to nichesiteproject.com, you can sign up for the email list there as well. So I just wanted to make sure you knew you don't have to be part of the course to take advantage of some of the free material that I have out there. Before I send it over to the questions, I just, I'm just going to talk here and share a little story. So it's the beginning of the year. It's uh, roughly like mid-January, something like that. And over the holidays, like many people, there's a lot of you know, just meals that are happening. There are gatherings. And basically, I eat like a monster. I eat uh, sweets like crazy. I do like the beer, as we know from previous episodes and my Instagram feed. You know, I, I like beer. So I'm drinking uh, probably too much beer. I'm eating too much. There's uh, tons of desserts. And I, I have a sweet tooth, basically. If there is some sort of sweet in the house, I'm not good at like modulating or controlling the intake. If it's there, I will eat basically everything until it's gone. So it's very much a binge situation. And if it's not there, I don't even miss it. I don't care. The reason why I'm mentioning that is being mid-January, I was like, hey, all right, I'm going to kind of clean up a little bit. I usually don't do resolutions. Um, I go to the gym all year long. It's just part of the process that I do each day. It's part of my routine and stuff. But basically, um, I've been fasting. 
the last couple days. So it's like 10, 15 and the way I've been fasting, intermittent fasting. So I won't eat anything until like dinner time. So I've done that the last couple days and I'm hungry right now. I'll tell you, I'm hungry right now and it's 10 in the morning and it's going to be like eight hours before I have dinner. We can do this though. I'm uh, drinking a lot of tea. I'm trying to uh, work and distract myself to make sure that um, I, I don't get the urge to go and have like a sandwich or something. Now, this is un- unrelated to eating, but the crazy thing when when you're fasting, especially for a person like me who works from home, uh, basically I shape my day around food and what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to drink and all that kind of stuff. I really like to... Um, I enjoy uh, food and eating, and I enjoy the process uh, across the board, thinking about it, going to the store, getting the ingredients, cooking the food. I like it all. Um, I don't like to clean up as much, but that's, you know, if I do the cooking, my wife, a lot of times she'll clean up, which is nice. Anyway, the point is, because food takes up a lot of my uh, like brain power through the day, like what am I going to eat? What am I going to prepare? And then I have to take time to eat. When you're fasting, you get back, or me personally, I get back like a couple hours per day. And I know, especially when I worked a corporate job, I would go out for lunch. I would eat too much. I would literally just eat way too much. Like if I, let's say I got something quote healthy and I went to Subway and I got like a foot long, I would eat the whole damn thing. You know, I I would just, I just eat the whole thing (laughs) and I go back to the office and I'm tired. I have like that, uh, you know, load on my stomach and I don't really feel uh, smart, right? I just feel kind of bogged down. My brain is bogged down. I feel tired. My energy level is low. When you're hungry, when you're fasting, my energy level stays pretty high. Now, I did run into a bit of an issue yesterday when I went to the gym like three in the afternoon and um, I was a little tired. I tried, I just, I was, I did a little workout, but it wasn't very intense and it wasn't, um, yeah, it was just kind of a weak workout, but I still lifted some light weights, did some cardio and I got to the gym. So I'll keep you posted on how this fasting goes, but I'm hoping, you know, I'll feel a little leaner, drop a couple uh, percentage points of the fat percentage on me and, um, will feel better. And I'm saving all this time too. It's just way more productive not to eat. Before I answer the questions, I want to talk a little bit about success stories. When I found Smart Passive Income and Niche Pursuits back in the day, I was really impressed in all the success stories and the income reports because uh, Pat Flynn used to publish his income reports. At some point, by the way, he stopped publishing publishing them because they were kind of they were getting very crazy because he was making like, you know, a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a month. And even when I started following Pat Flynn, he was making like fifty thousand dollars a month or something like that. Kind of unbelievable. Anyway, it's like a spectacle to see the insane revenue and the profit from people like Pat or Spencer, and there's a few other people that share their revenue as well. Now, when you consider how much normal people like you and I make when you have a corporate job, for example, I mean, they're making like a full year salary in like a month. And a lot of times it's mostly passive. So for example, when I was following Pat Flynn uh, a lot more closely in the early days, he was making a lot, most of his money from 
affiliate revenue via Bluehost. So it was literally like no work from him other than, you know, the videos and all the following that he created in in the past. Anyway, success stories are very awesome and I'm still interested in them and I'm sure you are too. If you're, if you're listening right now, you probably are very interested in success stories. And why are they so interesting to us? Now, I think it's because they're inspiring. I know for me, I was really inspired and I could relate specifically to the people. Not everyone, of course, but you know, Pat Flynn is a good example. He was laid off from his job. He had a professional career and he you know, very similar situation. And, and the thing is, I could see myself doing something similar, even though I had you know, no clue what I was trying to do. Much like Adrian, I wanted to be a success story. And I don't know why exactly other than it'd be cool if I accomplished something that other people would want to hear about. So I imagine a lot of people have the same sort of drive, like you want to be the next success story. And I get, I actually get emails quite often where people say, hey, I want to be the next success story um, and that sort of thing. So I, I totally get it. And again, it's really cool when you hear these interviews where there are normal people, people that you can relate to, people that aren't necessarily experts in the industry. Maybe they just got started and they are learning and it's just like you. And you're able to create something out of nothing through hard work and a willingness to learn. And, you know, that's why I cared so much about the success stories. And that's why some of the very early episodes of The Doug Show are success stories. The cool thing is it helps you believe that you can be a success too. So just to rewind a little bit, and well, I'm just going to toot my own, own horn here and talk about myself. I made it on the Niche Pursuits blog and podcast. If you haven't seen the episodes, you can uh, just Google Niche Pursuits, Doug Cunnington. You should find some uh, information there. And I've also been featured on a lot of the other blogs that I was looking up to at the time. So Empire Flippers, Ahrefs. I was on the Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper. A little teaser. Um, one of the next couple episodes is going to be an interview with Nick Loper from the Side Hustle Show. So anyway, it felt amazing to be on those blogs and podcasts that I was devouring when I first got started. And by the way, if you have a success story, give me a shout. You could shoot me an email at feedback at uh, doug.show feedback at doug.show. Anyway, before we um, dig into the questions, I'll just mention that you can find more success stories um, that we haven't covered yet that are over on nichesiteproject.com slash success dash stories. And I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. First question is from Heidi and she blogs over at ratraceescapeproject.com. So here is the question that she asked. She actually left a comment over on Niche Site Project, one of the blog posts. Heidi says, I'm having this dilemma right now. I have one niche site that I started 10 months ago, and then in my newbie wisdom, sarcastically she says, I started a second site in the make money online niche, make money online niche six months ago. So most days she wishes she has not done that, and I'll get back into just reading this make it easier for myself instead of switching pronouns. Most days I wish I hadn't because I know I could be writing and concentrating on one site and it would be better. Instead, I have two sites and I have to share my knowledge and time and efforts. 
But now that I have two, both of which I really enjoy, and I feel like I have to just plug along with both. Interested in your thoughts, Doug, on leaving one without content for about 12 months to age while I concentrate on the other? Is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? I work full time, so my sites are a side hustle, and I only write two to three posts a week across both of them. Across both of them. Okay, it's like I'm reading for the first time, so I'll try to get better with that skill (laughs) over time. Okay, I think that's a great idea, Heidi. And the reason why Heidi asked this question is I think one of my posts um, on Niche Site Project was about focusing on one site versus starting several sites. And the reason why I know working on several sites at one time doesn't work is because I've tried it like four or five times and it just doesn't work. I end up being more stressed out. Even if I get a lot done on one site, I know uh, once I finish up, say that work for the day or for the week or for the month and I got a lot of work done on one of the sites, I end up feeling stressed out because I know that I wasn't spending time elsewhere. So if you multiply by that, if you multiply that by a couple uh, times, say if you have like four sites, you're going to be very stressed out. Now, Heidi just has two, and she's arrived at a very interesting point here. What happens if you focus on one thing instead of spreading your concentration, spreading your focus and efforts elsewhere? And she has a full-time job, so she's only doing this on the side. Basically, I think I'll just cut to it, right? I think this is a great idea. And the answer that I I left in the comment of Heidi's comment there was, yes, do it. Focus on one site, figure out which one is maybe further along, which one is doing the best. Maybe, Maybe you figure out which one you are most interested in and you have the most drive to work on even harder. I said, yeah. Do it for 12 months. I recommend maybe every uh, two months or every quarter or so, revisit the idea. Look at where you are on the site that you're working on or the project that you're working on. See where you're at. See how much you've got done. And then if you need to, maybe you set aside a week and and you work on the other site a little bit. But you can definitely reevaluate things along the way. And I, I recommend that because it'll be a good checkpoint anyway to see what kind of progress you're making. And it's reversible, right? So you can make this, this, this decision and say, I'm going to work on a site for 12 months, but maybe you work on it for six months and things are looking pretty good. You like the trajectory and you're like, hey, I could pause on this uh, site for a bit and, and work on the other. However, what usually happens is you make so much progress on one site that you end up working on it even harder. And once you get some positive feedback from the world, you are more like invigorated to work on the site and you'll focus even harder on it. So in most cases, if you have the opportunity to focus harder on one thing, I recommend it. I constantly have to remind myself that. Um, There's a lot of opportunities out there. There are a lot of different ways that you can spend your time And it's really tempting to try and start a new project because new things are novel and novel things are very interesting to uh, work on and you're learning new stuff and it feels really productive. But if you are uh, spreading your time too much, you're just going to make a very small amount of progress in many different areas, which is no way to uh, make a lot of progress in one area. So yes, Heidi, focus on one site. Thanks for sending in the question, by the way. 
Question number two is from Earl. Earl says this. All right, I'm going to try and read better right now. I'm a YouTube subscriber, and I've been going back through the keyword golden ratio videos. While doing research, I'll find a keyword that very that has very little all-entitled competition with some search volume. The KGR is below 0.25, which makes them ideal. When I search the same keyword in Google, I'm getting a lot of online stores. The question is, assuming I'm writing good content, 1,500 words per article, can I still rank for the term or will the authority of the online shop still beat me out? Good question here, Earl. I've seen it in a couple different forms, but I totally understand what you're saying. If someone is not familiar with the keyword golden ratio, I'm going to put a couple episodes out um, in the next few here before uh, episode 10, most likely, and we'll talk about the keyword golden ratio at length. If you want to learn about it right now, you can just go to YouTube, search for keyword golden ratio, and there's a master class created by myself and my friend Alex Cooper at WP Eagle, another YouTuber, and you could watch all the videos about the keyword golden ratio. All right, so his question is whether or not he can beat big online stores. Well, the, the real answer is I don't know. Every keyword is different and every niche is different and it's impossible to answer a specific term. But I'll offer my uh, you know two cents here. Basically, maybe. The chances are good that you might be able to outrank some of them. Now, here's the thing that you should look for. Now, Earl did a, a very smart thing. He found the term and then he Googles the term just to see what comes up. You do need to take a look at the results, all right? You need to take a look at the results, even if the numbers make sense. By the way, before you invest in any content, you should probably look at the results if you're trying to rank. So have a look at the results. He says that he's seeing a lot of online stores, e-commerce type sites. If you are seeing like seven or more in the top 10 that are e-commerce sites, chances are you're probably not going to be able to rank because that query is directed towards e-commerce for some reason. A lot of times when I see this sort of situation, it's because it's not a very good buyer's term. Now, I don't know what term Earl is looking at here, but let's say it's ballpoint pen. So if you just, I haven't checked this by the way, but I'm just going to make it up. So let's say you Google ballpoint pen and you see like, Amazon, Walmart, Target, a bunch of e-commerce sites in the top 10, you know that when people search for ballpoint pen, most likely they're looking to buy one, all right? They want to buy one. They don't want to do research on one. However, if you search for best ballpoint pen for journaling, then you may see some affiliate sites. You might see two or three or four online stores, but there are some affiliate sites, The point is you want to see some sites that are similar to what you're trying to rank. Let me give you another example. If you Google the term and you see all YouTube results or say six or more or seven or more YouTube videos, then you can tell that Google is giving a preference to YouTube videos because people want to see a demonstration. So maybe it's how do I change the oil in a Honda Civic or something like that. Then you know that you're probably not going to be able to rank your affiliate site for that term because Google is favoring a particular type of result. 
So always Google it, see like what the results are like, and you can make a determination from there. Now, let's say you want to try it anyway, right? Let's say you see five online stores and there's some other results in there, maybe a couple YouTube videos and maybe an affiliate site. There's no harm in publishing the piece of content and then seeing what happens. You may not rank for what you think you're going to rank for. Maybe it's still a low competition type uh, like set of keywords that you're looking at that you could rank for. And the thing is, like, you publish it, it costs you whatever time it, it takes or however much a 1,500-word article is. And then you know you have a data point for yourself where you took action, you did something, and you got a result, which is far more valuable than me telling you, hey, give it a shot. And that's part of the reason when I get answer or sorry, when I get questions like this, I answer them in a slightly vague way. The real answer is I don't know. Every keyword's different. I've seen results where, you know, someone has a keyword that by the numbers don't it doesn't look that good. And and they rank it very well. They get a ton of traffic and everything's fantastic. And then they can say, hey, look at this case study where I did this and this happened. Um, and, and then you can find just as many opposing stories and case studies. So anyway, Earl, I encourage you to have a look. And if it's like all online stores or maybe it's not a buyer's keyword, maybe skip it. Find something different. However, if it looks like it's borderline, maybe it's borderline, go ahead and publish it. See what happens. Maybe you publish an 800 word and then an 800 word article. And then if it's doing okay, you can add more to it, improve it. So you could incrementally do this stuff, take an iterative approach. So you don't have to, you know, commit fully and write a 5,000 word post and then uh, realize that it's not going to work. Next question is from James. So James shot me an email and he says, I have plans of creating a livable income with niche sites. However, I have one huge worry that keeps me up at night and holds my productivity back. This is it. Amazon banning me from their associates program. You're almost positive that you follow all of the guidelines, but you've heard that Amazon is pretty unpredictable when it comes to banning people. So should I worry about getting banned? Do I have worries or have I ever been banned? Do I have a plan if it happens to me? Thanks a ton, James. Thanks for sending in the question, James. I have never been banned, luckily. So I, I try and follow all the rules as well. I think uh, in my early days, I probably made some mistakes. Um, but after I learned more, I, I fixed all the mistakes. I'll tell you about one of those with images in a second. So I, I do worry about it because it's a significant, it is the majority of my income. So it's very important to me to stay in the Amazon associate program and to play by the rules, right? I know a few people that have been banned from the program. A couple of them I have helped get reinstated. Sometimes it's a, you know, a small infraction where you uh, maybe you've listed prices by accident or maybe you're using some images improperly and you can fix the problem and then ask for like a reevaluation, and then you could be reinstated. Some of these come out via email. So you, you get an email and I think you have like, uh, I've seen like five days, I think. Don't quote me specifically on the time frame, but generally you would get an email. There's some violation and then you would have a few days to work on it. After you finish it up, you can ask to be reinstated. So it happens. 
I do know um, of a couple people who were making significant income, and I'm not sure exactly what happened, but some violations were made, and they they were kicked out, right? So they were kicked out, and there was no like remediation to get back in. But I'll come back to that in a second. So in general, if if I had an issue, I would try and work very closely with the Amazon associate support team. So I would have an understanding on what I needed to fix. There's a strong chance that I wouldn't get very much information at all, right? There's a very strong chance that I would ask exactly what is going on. And they would say, you know what, it looks like some minor violation and I may not be able to find out exactly what the issue is. So in that case, I would have to audit my site and scour for, you know, some of the common issues that may come up. A lot of times those are image usage. So as I mentioned um, a couple of minutes ago, at some point I realized, hey, I'm using the images improperly from Amazon. When I was downloading them and then resizing them and uploading them to my site, which is not allowed. You're only supposed to use the images that either you have the copyright permission to use, you own the copyright or you have permission, or if you're using any images from Amazon, they should be downloaded from the Amazon advertising API. So that is how you're supposed to do it. And I was just downloading the images. It was very common at the time. I think a lot of people still do it, but you're supposed to use the API. The point is I realized that that was a risk area for me. And James, to your point, I, yes, I was very worried about it. So I, had a few sites and several hundred posts, I think just under um, a thousand posts across all my sites. And I hired um, a couple people to work with me and we literally fixed all of the images. And usually there were two or three on every single post. So this took quite the amount of time and effort and it was a big project and there was like no direct ROI from it. So I, like I said, I hired a couple of people. They were working on it for me, but here's the deal. I was talking with like my mastermind group at the time. And I, I recall one of, one of the guys was saying, Hey, you know, I have so many posts and I'm not going to do it. It's so much work. And in my head, I was like, that, that's crazy. Like there's significant money on the line. The valuation of this person's site was very high, I'll mention. Um, it was very high. They were making a very um, good living. And they just said, ah, I'm not going to worry about it. And I thought, that is just bananas. Because, you know, in my corporate career, maybe this is the, you know, the advantage of having a corporate career. A lot of times, this stuff would happen. I literally have audited projects. And it's a huge mess. And everything is most things, just about everything, is a problem to solve. Changing and fixing your images or some sort of a violation, it's just a problem to solve. And it's a pretty simple one, by the way. So it was a pain in the butt and it took a couple months to fix all the images and all the posts. But literally, it's removing you know the code and then replacing the image with one that is obtained properly through the Amazon Advertising API. Very simple, very straightforward. So James, yes, it does worry me. It doesn't keep me up at night. And here's why. Basically, any business that you have, especially if your vision is to be an entrepreneur and you're running your own shit, you're going to have to own everything. So let's say I have a medical billing company. 
I'm at risk all over the place, right? So there are rules and regulations a a government entity can change their policies and literally put a medical billing company out of business. If you have a restaurant, um, you could have a competition pop up. You could have um, some, actually, maybe the restaurant's a bad example, but any business model that you have where you're running your own company, there's risk in You just have to deal with it. So I contend that if you want to run your own company, risk is going to be part of the game and you can choose your risk and you could choose how much risk you want to deal with. And I would say one little piece I'll pick apart in James's question is you have the goal of creating a livable income and you haven't yet. And you're at the beginning stages it sounds like I'm not sure where you're at, James, but you're sort of in the early stages and you're already worried about it being taken away. Imagine if you are making your full-time income and it's taken away. The worst case scenario, you can recover. So let me, I won't go into too many details here because there's like legal situations um, involved here, but if you got kicked out 100%, or if I got kicked out 100% from the Amazon affiliate program, the Amazon associate program, technically, I would be able to create other companies, right? I'd be able to create a company in which I can re-enroll. It would have its own tax identification number. Again, uh, we're getting into legal stuff, so consult your lawyer and accountant if you're thinking of doing this, but you could set up a company that the Amazon Associate Program um, sort of runs through, if that makes sense. And each site, if you wanted to, if you really wanted to spread your risk um, and make sure each of your websites or entities were separate, you could create a company for each one of your sites. And it would have its own EIN number here in the US, but it it all comes down to taxes in a lot of ways. So um, if I was kicked out 100%, then I probably couldn't re-enroll with my own company again. I'd have to create another company. But guess what? That is just a problem to solve. So the other thing is if you have all the content and you have all the skills to you know, create another site, there's no reason you can't go and do it again. In fact, you probably learned a lot along the way if you you know, got kicked out. Um, you, you learned a ton. Take that as an opportunity to learn a lot. So James, just to recap, yes. It does, um, it does stress me out a little bit, but not too much because I've arrived at the point where I understand that um, it would be a recoverable issue. It would definitely be a inconvenient and very sad thing to go through. Um, and it would feel terrible, especially if you're thinking, oh, like if I just would have known that I, I shouldn't have done that, then I would have been okay. But the fact is... Um, most things are recoverable. And the thing that you would have if you built up a full-time income as your goal is, and I think you can do it if you if you just don't give up, basically, you have the skills. The skills are the most important thing. So even if your sites uh, explode, it's not the worst thing in the world because you can go and take your skills, potentially from your day job, combine them with what you know from affiliate marketing, and then do it again and do it better. Thanks a lot for joining us on The Doug Show this week. Please go to Doug.show to subscribe. Please do subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever your app is. And while you're at it, 
please leave a review, especially on iTunes. All right, if you could do that, it would be fantastic. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your spouse, tell your children, uh, maybe not your kids, but tell your uh, friends, tell your enemies. I don't care. Just let people know about the show. If you're really into uh, listening to me talk, I appreciate it. That's weird. But you could also check out another show that I've done with my wife. It's called Survive the 9 to 5, and it kind of talks about um, like corporate life and that sort of thing. If you want to see that I have a face for radio, right, for podcasting, check out the YouTube channel also. Many, many hundreds, literally hundreds of hours of videos. And if you do like listening to me talk, you can uh, you can check more out there. All right, we'll catch you next time. In next episode is an interview with my friend Nick Loper from the Side Hustle Show and Side Hustle Nation. This guy is awesome, and it was really exciting to do the interview. All right, we'll catch you next time.